Good morning. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Say happy Father's Day to my dad. I love you. Thank you for everything that uh, you've poured into me uh, throughout my life so far. Um, great Father's Day today. I love Father's Day. It's a fun time to celebrate dads. And what dads love most, kind of like me, is vacation. What dad doesn't like vacation? Come on. Right? We think about it. We think about, even if we don't have a vacation planned, we're thinking about when, I, when can I use my next vacation time. And when we, once we have the vacation plan, we, we think about it, we love it. We just love some good rest and relaxation, right? When that R&R comes around, it's just really, really good. And most of us probably have some really great memories on vacation that we've taken, whether it be camp trips or road trips or exotic trips or anything in between, one thing kind of remains the same is that when we go on vacation, we really try and make the most of that vacation because we work hard for it. We work hard for our families. And then when we go there, we want to make the most of this time, right? Uh, a lot of times it costs money. It costs time. It's time, you know, the whole thing. We want to make the most of these vacations. And whatever kind of vacation you've been on, most likely uh, they've been some really good memories. And usually when we're on these vacations, you know, every day, every moment is a photo opportunity. And we're thinking in, in uh, these small moments a lot of times when we're on vacation. And uh, I've gone on some really great vacations with my family, and I've taken my uh, family now that I'm a husband and father on some really great vacations and uh, experienced some really good memories together. One of my favorite vacations uh, that I've been on was when my whole family, before I was married to Chantel, um, we went to the Caribbean to an island called St. Martin, a really beautiful place. It actually took Chantel there uh, with us. This is while we were dating. And, you know, we're soaking up the sun rays. We're, we're very intentional about our time with these two weeks we had in the Caribbean. You know, where are we going to eat today? What about lunch today or tomorrow? Or what are we going to do today? What beach are we going to go to? Or are we going to go out uh, snorkeling? Are we going to do this? We're very intentional with our time with what we were doing every single day that we were on vacation, trying to make the most of this two-week spurt that we had in the Caribbean. And so I had planned uh, to propose to Chantel when we were in the Caribbean. And so there's this big secret. And one day, me and my dad, we went out looking for the best beach in all of St. Martin. And so we traveled, you know, we were looking, we were asking uh, some, of, some of the people there, like, where, where should we go? What's the best beach? And uh, you do have to be a little bit careful there in St. Martin because, um, some of the beaches are nude beaches, and some of the beaches are like where normal people hang out. And so um, uh, you had to be a little leery of that, but we found like the beach. It was the one. The, the problem with this beach um, was that there was kind of a defining middle line of the beach. And half of the side was where the normal people hung out. The other half of the side, well, you stayed away from that side. And so uh, I had planned to take Chantel to this beautiful beach. So I took her there, and we're hanging out. We're just, you know, uh, just loving it. It's like sunset. It's like a postcard uh, time, you know, where it's just the beach and the waves. And I proposed to Chantel. It's this magical time. Uh, we're taking pictures, and my family comes and then joins us. And we're all like, surprise, you know. And we're taking pictures. It was this wonderful time until, as we're hanging out, Grandma decides to come from the other beach to our beach. But Grandma is galloping on a horse. Your imagination probably doesn't have to take you very far to understand what this picture looked like. It was a wonderful memory, though, despite the fact. 
And uh, we have some great pictures of us together, not of, <laughs> not of grandma. But note, and there, yeah, there we are. Uh, that wasn't the exact beach, but uh, that was one of the less blurry photos I, I had. So, uh, um, but ever notice that when you get back from vacation, you kind of get the reality check. You're back in, uh, you get back in the routine of normal life. Um, some of the intentionality goes away. We're, we're just a few days previous, you were waking up every single day thinking about, how can I make today special for my wife? Or how can I make today special for my kids? Or what, what can I do today that my kids would just really enjoy and really have fun with? And I wanted to experience this. And you're intentional with photos and capturing moments together and capturing joy together that you kind of lose a little bit of that intentionality when you get back. You start to think and you wake up about what do I have to do today, projects that need to get done, work, where do I got to take the kids today, and you lose a little bit of that intentionality. But what if our life and our spiritual life and our family life, our friendships were just as intentional or maybe even more intentional than the vacation mindset every day? What if our relationship with God was like that? What if our relationships with others were like that? What would our lives look like? Would it change your lifestyle? Our purpose in life, the way we view our purpose in life, might slightly differ than what we currently view now. And I believe this is what Paul is writing to the Christians in Ephesus in our reading today. What if we were to make the most of our life? Not just our summer vacation, but something so much more deep than that. How can we make the most of our life? And this is where uh, we're going to uh, unpack uh, today in Ephesians in chapter 5. And we're going to continue our series through the book of Ephesians. We've gone through uh, uh, about uh, four chapters of Ephesians, and we've learned a lot of great lessons. And we're going to continue that today as we look at this passage of Scripture, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. So if you have your Bible or your iBible or whatever, and you would like to open it up, you can open up to that. Otherwise, we will have the verses displayed up here that we are looking at today. So let's, we're going to read this whole chunk of Scripture first, Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, and then we'll kind of unpack it and break it down and see how we can make the most of our life. This is what Paul writes. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because these days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to unpack this a little bit and see how we can make the most of our life. But let's start with those first two verses. Let's read those again. It says, Paul says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because these days are evil. Paul kind of starts out with this warning where he says, Be careful how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise people. And the Bible is very clear, and you don't have to read too far, especially if you read through the book of Proverbs, uh, that there's kind of, there's fools and there's wise people. Proverbs is very clear about saying fools do this, the wise do this. Fools act like this, the wise act like this. 
and so on. And, and what Paul is trying to say is, don't be a fool. Look at how you're living your life. In, in the Greek, this verse literally means, look carefully how we walk. Or look carefully how you walk through life. We are to look, literally look at how we're living and walking our life out. Be careful of what you're doing. Only foolish people would not evaluate their life and how they're walking it out. Why? Because it's easy to sin. It's easy to get in monotonous routines that feel empty. Because we live in a world full of brokenness and sin. You have to look very far in the news to figure out that we live in a very broken and fallen world. We live in a sinful world that seems so fluid and ever-changing, that there's no absolute truth that one day this is okay, but the next day this is okay, and one day this is wrong, and now this is wrong. That we live in a very fluid, sinful world, and we have to be careful not to get caught up in the waves of that, but to look at our life and to look, how are you living your life? How are you walking? Look at how you're walking. We are to look at every day and to see what moments is God preparing us to be in in that day. Let me explain with this illustration. Uh, Chantel asked me the other, uh, the other day, like, are you doing another gimmick for church? And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing another gimmick, whatever. I'm the gimmick guy here, all right. Uh, here, here's a rope, all right? And uh, imagine that this rope goes on forever and ever. Really, it ends behind that triangle, but just imagine that forever it, it extends. And imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. That this rope is a timeline of your life. And I think what Paul is trying to say is be very careful how you live. Because notice this uh, red part here, or uh, it's pink tape or red. I'm going to call it red, okay? Notice this red part here. What I, what I believe Paul is trying to say is that this red part here of this rope is your life on earth. And then everything past this is eternity. And that we have to be very careful how we live here because the Bible's very clear about how we live here will determine how we live here for millions and millions and millions of years. That if we're not careful how we live here, it determines how we live here. And I think so much, so many of us, we get so caught up in what this looks like, that I want to live good here. And we get caught up in living for the red and not for the rest. And many of us think like these little moments here is what it all comes up, up to and amounts to. But at any point, at any time, any of us could die and move on to the rest. And I think it's funny how some people are like, oh, I'm going to save here, 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 here to live really good here. Or maybe young people, maybe you're like me when I was younger um, in high school and uh, college that uh, I want to live really fun here. I want to have a really good time here, but then I'll be like a good man and a good Christian here. But I'm going to do what I want here, but then I'll, I'll figure it out here. Or maybe some of you think like, I really want my kids to like live a better life than I did right here in this little section. So I'm going to really train them and expect them and have them do things so they can live a better life than I did here in this section. And I think what Paul is saying 
is we have to make the most of these opportunities. We have to be careful how we live. These, this section is evil. The world we live in is evil. We have to be careful because it's going to determine the rest. How we live in the red will determine the rest. And it's funny because I'll talk to people sometimes. They'll go, man, you're kind of weird. You're kind of stupid. Like, why, why don't you want to make a lot of money? Why don't you uh, want to live like a plush life? Or why don't you, you don't want like all your kids to go through college and live a, a really well life? And no, I, it's not that I don't want those things. And it's not that, that I, those things are bad. Those things are totally fine. But, but I think like more than anything, I want my life to honor God right here. Because how I honor God here will determine what the rest of this looks like. And, and I want more than anything than my kids to go to college or to make a lot of money, that they would love Jesus, that they would love God with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength here because I want them to affect other people here so that other people will be with us there. That the red part of our life is not everything. It's such a small blip on the map. And I say, no, you're stupid. You're living for here instead of living for here. So many of us get so caught up in this little moment. Saying, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I'm going to live life the way I think I should. And I think what Paul is saying is, be careful how you live here. You have to make the most of how you live here. Paul also says later that, He's like a runner running for a race, waiting for the finish line, which is then the start of something so much more. If we're going to make the most of our life, if we're, 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 if we're going to be wise and we're not going to be foolish, if we're going to do that, we've got to be godly moment makers for this small blip that we're here. This is a radical shift in the way that we live life, how we view relationships, what our ultimate purpose is, that our ultimate purpose isn't just for the red, but our ultimate purpose is for the rest, and that our ultimate purpose is not for me, but our ultimate purpose is for others to experience the rest as well. That this is a radical shift in the way we view things. Now, I wish I could tell you that a Christian life is all about having a great job, making good money, saving for retirement, living out of plush retirement, sending your, all your kids through college, going to church, listening to a message, and repeating your week. I wish I could tell you that, but that's not what a Christian life is. Not that any of those things are bad, but it's not our purpose here in life. What if we viewed our jobs as not a place that we get to make a bunch of money and, and work for the man and bring some bacon home, but a place where we can make these moments with other people, make the most of our opportunities with clients and with coworkers and with colleagues, conversations with people where we're able to speak life into people? What if we viewed our neighborhoods as, as mission fields? What if we were to view our homes as the most special place where we give our kids the best, where vacation dad is the same as working dad? 
What if we viewed our schools and campuses full of other students who are hurting, who need, who need something more in their life, wanting, desiring relationship? Would that change, would that radically change the moments that we shared with people? If, if the way we viewed life was that we have to make the most of the small little blip on the map for the rest of eternity, would that not change and shift the moments that we share with people? Paul says, make the most of these moments. Make the most of these opportunities. And James warns us uh, in the book of James in the Bible, those of you who uh, will say, well, I'll do this today and I'll do that tomorrow and I'll go to this city and that city and make money for a profit here. He says, how do you know what your life is? You're like a morning fog here for a moment and then it's gone. We are to look at our life, how we're living it. Carefully look how you're walking. Be a godly moment maker with other people. Make the most of your conversations. Jesus commands us to make disciples in all nations. He says, love me and love other people. But how are we going to do that if we're living just for the red, but not for the rest? How do we make disciples if we're living for ourselves? and not for others. So let me share with you maybe two shifts in our thinking that could help us become godly moment makers, inspire us to make the most of every opportunity, that we can live wisely, not foolishly. First is this, is that every day is an opportunity to live on purpose. Every day is an opportunity to live on purpose. This is what Paul writes in verse 17 and 18. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Again, Paul uses this word, foolish. Don't be a fool who doesn't know God's will for you. Don't be that guy. Instead, understand God's will for you. When we know God's will for us, we're living on purpose every day. Every day we can live on purpose if we understand God's will. So question, what is God's will? Well, it says it right here. It says two things. One, it says, don't be drunk with wine and be filled with the Spirit. So one, it says, don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery or like sinful life or wasteful life. Instead, be filled by the Spirit. As you look into this verse a little bit deeper um, and you do a little bit of research, it's very fitting that, he, that uh, Paul would write this here. Because getting drunk is not the single command, just don't get drunk, be filled with the Spirit, but it's more of a reflection of a lifestyle of wasteful living. And then a man who is drunk is not in control of his own life, but the alcohol is controlling his actions. Paul says, don't be the foolish guy who thinks you're in control when there's another agent in your life controlling you. That the, the alcohol is leading uh, is, is controlling how you're living, and it's leading to a wasteful life, wasteful living. Now, alcohol is inherently not wrong. If you drink a glass of wine, you drink a, a glass of beer, whatever, that's not wrong. But what is, is when you allow it to control you, that, that uh, it controls your actions and your thoughts and what you say to other people. And it leads to wasteful living. But there's other agents in our life that can do that too, not just alcohol. There can be a lot of other things that cause 
that cause a wasteful living other than just alcohol. And I think that's what Paul is trying to say. It's not just alcohol, but it's agents in our life that, that uh, cause wasteful living. For example, some of this wasteful living could look like poor relationships, divorce, unnecessary spending, drugs, alcohol, a string of, of sexual partners, cheating, unethical business practices, uh, gossip, uh, uh, slander towards other people. There's a lot of wasteful living in this life that the Bible's clear about, and it can really go on and on. But instead, instead of being, having this control, how you act and how you live, instead, be filled with the Spirit. And it's actually a command. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a, uh, an idea or a thought or a suggestion. It's a command to be filled with the Spirit. Think of the Holy Spirit as the agent of the filling, and Jesus is the content of the filling. When you accept Jesus in uh, your life as Lord and Savior, you were filled with the Spirit, and that lasts forever. But we need fresh fillings daily to be freshly encouraged and filled and, and to fill up again. That we can't just have one moment and then just do what we want. No, we are to be filled every day. And that's how we live on purpose, as if we're allowing the Spirit to control us and not outside other things to control how we live and how we think. And if we're going to allow God and His Spirit to control how we think and how we live, we have to be serious about God's Word. We have to be serious about what God's Word actually says and what we should actually do. Because we can live on purpose every single day, but if we're going to live on purpose and we're going to be filled by the Spirit, you got to be filled. you got to know what God is asking you. And that's where we read in the Bible what God wants for us and what He wants in our life and what He tells us to do. you got to be serious about that. So in our, our youth ministry right now, um, we've challenged all our students and all our volunteers to be serious about this, to let God lead and not other things lead. And so we created these, these journals that kind of gets paired up with uh, your Bible, and uh, there's readings every single day, and then you're able to journal uh, some things down in it, but they're called more journals. This is them right now, right here, and we've given them to our students and all our volunteers and we, we challenge them to do this because we believe that God wants more for you. He wants to continually fill you. Now, whether you've been a Christian for, for as long as you can think of or you're not even a Christian yet, that God wants more for your life. He wants to continually give you more. He wants to continually fill you and give you more than what you thought of the previous day. And so we've challenged our students and our volunteers, God wants more for you. He wants to continually fill you. Be filled. Be in your Bible, in your word, because God wants more for you. Here's what I think Paul is saying. If you're allowing other things to control your life, like alcohol, could be other things as well. If you're allowing other things to control your life, you're settling for less. You're settling for less. If you allow the Spirit to control you, not only are you living on purpose every day, but you're pursuing more. You're seeking more. Don't settle for less. Seek more for what God has for you. That's how you live on purpose. I always tell students, this is why we, we encourage students to go to Collide Camp. Not only because it was one of the biggest 
uh, most uh, single influencers in my life as a young person. And so I can speak very clearly about it and know what happens um, and, and how uh, impactful it was in my life. But there's just something when we seek more than just settling for the same or settling for less. So I'm always telling students, this is a great time that we get out of our routine. You get the distractions out. You get to get away from your parents. And you get to go to a camp to seek more for your life, to seek more. And parents, you should want more for your kids. You should encourage more. You should want things that are godly to take place in their life. You should want your kids to not live for the red, not for their sports team, not for a college education, not for money. Those things are good and they're fun and they're great, but you should want them to seek more than that. And that's why I so dearly urge you parents and students, go to Collide. You have two weeks left to register, but seeking more, we should desire to see our children equipped and brought up in experiences that mark points in their relationship with God that they can look back on and go, yes, the struggle is real, but I remember then what God did in my life. And so that gives me a reflection of what he was going to do in the future at the same time. It's powerful and it's everlasting. Don't ever shorten yourself to think that just a camp is not going to do it for your kid. God works in powerful ways and we should desire to seek more, to be filled more. Don't settle for less. Seek more. Next thing is every day is an opportunity to build relationships. You have every day an opportunity to be on purpose, to live on purpose by being filled with the Spirit and acting that out, letting it control us. And every day we have an opportunity to build relationships. Now relationships are important to God. And notice in in this Bible verse um, that if we're going to live on purpose every day, and we're going to be filled by the Spirit, there should be some evidence of that in our life. There be, should be some type of evidence that if we're living on purpose and we're being filled by the Spirit, there should be some evidence of that. And so let's read this whole section again and see that. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, seeking or speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to make these godly moments and make the most of every opportunity and live on purpose every day by being filled and controlled by God's Spirit, then our lives should show evidence of that, should show evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Now, if you don't see some of these evidences in your life, does that mean that your salvation just didn't, wasn't real and it didn't happen and that it wasn't sincere and that you're really not saved and you got to freak out? No, by no means at all. That if you declared and you asked Jesus to come into your life, you were filled with the Spirit. But what Paul is trying to say is now is time to carefully look at how you're living your life. Do you see the evidences of being on purpose and being filled with the Spirit? If you don't, it's time to carefully see how you're walking. Don't be foolish with your life. God is all about relationships. God tells us the most important command is to love him. The second is to love others. God is all about loving him and loving others. And this is where we see the evidence of that. 
how you treat and talk to people and to God is evidence of the Spirit being filled with that. So one evidence comes out of your heart and your mouth of how you talk to other people. Is what you're saying being controlled by you or being controlled by the Spirit? Because Paul says, treat others well. And there's tons of Bible verses that we can springboard off of this, but we're going to stick with this one. He says, uh, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and things of the Spirit. That, that the way we're supposed to interact with other people is knowing what God's word is, encouraging words, and, and speaking biblical things and things that God would want us to share. That, that uh, that's what we're supposed to do. We can build up relationships. And you always have two choices in a relationship, any relationship. You can tear others down or you can build others up. Now, if you're the person who tears others down, you're constantly criticizing everyone around you, I just want to tell you that you'll never make a difference in someone's life if that's all you do is criticize and tear people down. But if you build others up when you're at work or school or home, when you encourage one another, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and things of the Spirit, what flows from your heart and your words out of your mouth towards other people is a key indicator if you're living on purpose, if you're living a wise life, if you're doing God's will. The other evidence is our relationship with God, our worship to God. It says, sing songs out of your heart to him and give thanks to him, being thankful for everything that he's given and done for us. Do you find yourself struggling to worship, whether you're here at church or in your car or at your house? or uh, Do you find yourself struggling? Do you find yourself struggling for uh, uh, finding gratitude for what God's done for you, for thanking him? If so, it might be time to look at how you're living your life, carefully looking how you're walking. Every day, we can live on purpose by worshiping God, by thanking Him. This is what God's will is for us, to love Him, to love other people, and to be controlled by His Spirit, not allow other things to. You know, we have a moment that we've all collectively made here. We have have an opportunity right now. It's God-inspired and Holy Spirit-driven. We, we can seek more in life. We, we, we can live for the rest and not just for the red. And we've all shared this moment together right now. And we have an opportunity that we can make the most of. And so I want to ask you this. If you're a person here who's never experienced a relationship with God, You don't know where you stand with him. And you know that you've been living a wasteful life and that you've been living just for this small section of the red. And you want to be certain that you'll be with God for eternity. And you've never done that. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If God is speaking to you, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Because we want more in this life than just that. Let's pray together. And if that was you, and you know God is speaking to you this morning, you've been living that wasteful life, and you want to reconcile that, and not just live for the red, but for the rest, I want to ask you just to pray in your own heart and mind this simple prayer. God, I don't know everything right now. Honestly, I'm maybe a little confused. But what I do know is I want to start to live a different life. 
God, forgive me of my wasteful living. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I ask that you would fill me with your spirit. Come into my life. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to follow you to the end of my days. If that was you making the most of this opportunity, just with everyone's eyes still closed, would you just raise your hand if you prayed that prayer? Good, yeah, good, yeah, good, awesome, praise the Lord. God, I just thank you for these people, Lord. Fill them with your spirit this morning. God, and for the rest of us, God, I pray, Lord, that you would inspire us to live lives that we make the most of. We make the most of every opportunity. We make the most of moments that we share with people. God, inspire us to pursue more in our life and not settle for less. God, I just pray that we would be a congregation of people that radically shifts the way we view moments and interactions we share with other people, that we would live on purpose every day. Fill us this week. Bless all the fathers in this room for all the time and effort that they've put in to our lives and us as families. God, we thank you for what you've done this morning. We pray this in your name. Amen.